Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio, my name is Bill Matz, I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, well, it seems like they're done, fam, uh, I don't know what else to say, I, I will get into it a little later, I just kind of thought something else would happen, but uh, hey, they've, they've officially announced the, uh, the assistant coach that they hired a month ago, uh, Rocky <laughs> Balboa, he's, he's here, um, <laughs> That's it. That's that's it. oh yeah. They gave like Bobby Brink a contract or no Morgan Frost got a contract. Tanner Lazinski got a contract. All shit that was just gonna happen. But whatever. We're here to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers and we're gonna do just that. I bet you we fill an hour, probably more. Let's get to the intros. Let's lead it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I just want to congratulate you, Bill. You and your people on the arrival of WrestleMania to Philadelphia. Very you know, for you. it's it's real bittersweet with like all the Vince McMahon headlines. It's like, so uh, now you're celebrating this. It's like, well, yeah, it's not really about the company. It's about me and all my friends getting to enjoy yeah. wrestling. And like to me personally, yeah, I'm going to WrestleMania. I'm going to all the WWE events. But when WrestleMania comes to town, if you don't understand what it is, like every wrestling company in the country also comes to town that week and runs shows. Ooh. And that's what I am most looking forward to. Like I'm not working for about 10 days in 2024. And if I have to work through until then, I'm fine with it. Love that. Are, are you going to bring your own background league? <laughs> Maybe. A backyard league, sorry. A couple of my, a uh, couple of the backyard friends already looking at some ticket options. We're trying to make plans to make it come together. Fans of Philly. If you want to host a trip, you don't even have to go anywhere. You have to bring people in. Seems like uh, I could help you out. Just saying. Sure could. <laughs> From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So one point I want to make, and we've talked about this a lot, I feel like, on this show. I've talked about it a lot. The fact that in spite of the undeniable truth that the Philadelphia Flyers do a lot of dumb things, they also are incredibly unlucky as well. And we all kind of talk about the concept of like, well, you know, at some point, they're going to have to stop being this unlucky, right? Well, let me bring you back to what's happened so far this offseason. So far this offseason, Joel Faraby has gotten hurt lifting weights to the point where he needs to get a surgery that a year ago, an NHL team was not allowing their player, their star player to get because they didn't trust it. Ryan Ellis is clearly not making a, not making progress to the point where they had to trade away a bunch of picks for Tony D'Angelo. Their projected backup goalie is apparently like in a prison or a work camp or something in Russia, and now Arctic, basically Bobby Brink is out for five months with a torn labrum in his hip. So I'm thinking that 2022 is probably not going to be the year where the luck turns for the Flyers. You think? Probably not. This is this is not going to be it. <laughs> really sums it up um, right there. It, didn't they send and that? I haven't checked the news recently about Fedotov, but didn't they send him like literally to Siberia? Yeah, I think he's like in the Arctic or something. Like, I, like I don't. Yeah, he's not going to North war, Pole. but he's but yeah, he's doing like military stuff, which very clearly strikes me as like a punishment for trying to leave. Yeah. From what I understand, do, there's do you... from what I understand, there's like a fairly decent chance he's only going to have to do this for a year. The thing is, is like, who knows what he's going to be in a year? Like, he's basically probably not going to have played hockey in a year. Who knows how good he's even going to be? I mean, it's, it's awful for him, but... The only, the only thing that I can say to that is that being in the military is, is very physical. True. So while he may not be in hockey shape, he will still be 
in shape. Like he he will probably be able to bounce back because he's young enough. But do you remember when Evgeny Malkin literally had to flee, like had to hand over his passport to his agent to flee Russia to come play in the United States? Like this is they do this. I don't remember that. I just I think Fedotov. He was like the perfect, I mean, it's it's hard to, to put it this way, but like he was kind of like the perfect person for Putin to sort of do this to because he was he's not big enough yet internationally that this was going to create like a, a an international incident and have, you know, like if it was yeah. Alex Ovechkin or something, but he was the starting goalie for the KHL champions. People in Russia know him. So it sends a message to other Russians that like, hey, don't leave because we will punish you. And it just, I mean, it's, it sucks so much for him because he just becomes like this scapegoat symbol because Putin wants to send a message to his people. Yeah, it's this, like, I hate lumping it in with everything else because like everything else is like bad hockey luck and this is like a dude's actual life. But it yeah. does kind of, when, when you sum it all up like that, like it is just one more f- like re- this this happened like are you yeah, got exactly. sent to the fucking arc he's at the north pole <laughs> he's with fucking santa claus like that's exactly. where our backup goalie is he's feeding it's reindeer wild. like uh, i didn't think i was even going to have this kind of energy we're not even we're not even through the intros yet and i'm uh, i'm furious somehow uh last but certainly not least Stephlish's D Steph driver so on on a completely different note our friend of the show friend of the pod uh, John Shields is doing a, uh, a fantasy hockey league for a cause. And we've been doing this for, I've been working with him and playing this fantasy hockey league for a while. It's, he does a, an annual St. Jude's walk and all of the money that he collects for the fantasy hockey league goes towards his St. Jude's walk. So there's no prize. It's just donate whatever you can towards his St. Jude's walk and play fantasy hockey. Um, the instructions are on broadstreethockey.com on our homepage. You should be able to see it. If not, head over to our Twitter, either mine or the Broad Street Hockey account to sign up. Um, the last time I promoted this, we had 17 people sign up and John was absolutely thrilled. I think that we can beat 17 this year, which means it'll probably be more than one league because that's way too many people for one fantasy league. But oh, if there's like, it's fun. It's for the kids, what, what were you going to say? If there's like 45 people, you might get to the point where you might actually get some flyers on your roster. <laughs> you might want to pick a, a Sean Couturier. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is, whew, we are completely changing the vibe here, is, is Hockey Canada. We haven't really addressed it on the show. We've talked around it. Um, and, and the reason for that is we don't really know what's going on. There's still an active investigation and more news is coming out every day. So it wasn't just this one team. Uh, we're also now going back, I believe, to 2013 and looking at that team. I think, I think um, it's 2003. There is... 2003, yeah. Oh, I, I added a decade? Sorry. Uh, 2003. Um, there is... The possibility that Carter Hart was involved in in the what twenty eighteen yeah twenty eighteen situation we don't know. Uh, he hasn't released a personal statement, but he has his agent and his lawyer have. Um, we're not going to address it until we know what's going on. But it, it, there's absolutely no world in which we're comfortable or happy about it. This is this is an abomination. We're disgusted. As, as a group, and I'm speaking for everyone because we've had this conversation. We're disgusted. This is an abomination, and hockey culture needs to change. Yeah, it's a it's a real black eye on just everything, like a sport we all love, and like hockey Canada. That's it, man. Like they yeah. they they basically like control the sport, you know. And uh, it's it's just another thing. Just we talk about all the bad things that happen to the Flyers. Like sports are supposed to be this escape, and it's another bunch of bullshit. Uh, that it makes it's the just world like you worse. get hit after hit after hit, and like I want to like this sport. Can we just stop doing all of this? I think that'd be cool. I mean, the, the big like- thing that we've we've talked about this on the show multiple times that you know when when things happen in the NHL, 
you know, a, a player, you know, is accused or convicted of something terrible, um, you know, comments are made, things like that, you know, it, it's easy to just point to the NHL. But this isn't an NHL problem. This is a hockey problem. And this goes, the reason why it's a hockey problem is this goes all the way back to the way that players are brought up. I mean, these are junior, these, these are kids. These are kids. These are junior hockey players that are are in a culture where clearly if it's not accepted, it's tolerated. And it's just assumed as like, well, boys will be boys, the cost of doing business. And like, that's terrible. And that's part of the reason why these issues continue to pop up in sports. But in the NHL, it's honestly a huge reason why is because, you know, there isn't there isn't enough being done in the formative years to, to change the culture. And once players and people in hockey get to the NHL, they are a lot in a lot of ways, not saying people can't change, but they kind of are what they are. So if, if there's going to be changes, this is something, I mean, obviously this, this particular scandal is, is horrible on multiple levels, but it's just a reminder that if, if things are going to change in hockey, it has to start at the lower levels. And I'm not just talking about like major junior hockey Canada, obviously that's going to get, going to get the headlines because, you know, the junior hockey tournament, the world juniors, like that's huge. You know, it's become a huge moneymaker. Everyone pays attention to it, but it's really just up and down. I mean, talking about lower level junior leagues, things like that. It's, it's, it's the entire thing. There, there needs to be wholesale changes in terms of the approach um, that, that hockey takes towards, you know, developing young talent from the start. So I want to change course here a little bit, and I just wanted to open up asking the group, who do you think the captain's going to be? No. <laughs> I would kill you. I, I would God, absolutely I kill you. to God. I really thought you were serious for a second. <laughs> I was Charlie was like looking down and didn't react right away. I was like, "No, Charlie, I need you to sell this. You're, you're gonna <laughs> slip this through. You're gonna try to slip you, this through. I'm trying like to decom. <laughs> I'm trying to decompress after that rant, and then you hit me with the captain thing. Are you freaking gotta, kidding me? I gotta bring it back up. No, uh, I just wanted to start out with a, a shout out to Ben in Allentown. Uh, Ben's been a great listener and caller on my overnight shifts for the last few weeks. Uh, he's become a regular BSH listener because of it, because of uh, you know, listening on WIP and liking some ben, of our hello. takes. So I very much appreciate that support, Ben. Uh, he did have a conspiracy theory. He wanted me to run by the rest of the group. But, like, I sleep four times a week. I, I don't remember what it is. Uh, so DM me on Twitter, Ben, and I'll ask the group on our next show. I promise. Uh, he called last night. I Thanks for that, Ben. I don't remember. Sorry. Uh so, I guess the biggest thing that's happened since our last show is the Matt Kachuk trade. And no matter how many times I say it, I want to call... I did it with Keith, and now I do it with his kids. I want to say Tuchuk, and I know that's wrong. I want to <laughs> make the K silent, but it's the T. Um, I know the answer to this question. So don't, like, lose it on me. But I am the person asking it. That's my role here. Why isn't Matt Kachuk a flyer? Because we traded all of our assets to get Tony D'Angelo and Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> that's so. Eh, I mean, that's not really. There's two reasons in my it's mind. Part of it, be, Charles. I mean, yeah. If they really, if if they, if these two things weren't also true, then that would have been a problem. But there's two real main reasons why Matthew Kachuk is not a flyer. The number one reason is I don't think Matthew Kachuk wanted to be a flyer. He did not. So, he gave a list. We weren't on it. I don't believe the Flyers are on it. Now, granted, part of that is that the Flyers, you know, aren't that good. So players generally want to go to teams that they think are going to be good. Um, so that's number one. Number two is that I do not think the Flyers have enough good players that they could have offered more than what Florida did. I mean, do the Flyers have one player on their roster right now that is better than Jonathan Huberto? No. 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 Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, like, you, you could maybe, you could make a statistical case for Sean Couturier, but Jonathan Huberto was in the top five in MVP voting this year. Like, yeah, like, he was, yeah. 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 He, he was leading the league in points for, like, three quarters of the season. Yes. So, number one. <laughs> I Kachuk keep forgetting that Sean Couturier exists on this team, which is 
the biggest problem because I go through my, I don't like any of them. No one has any talent. Well, Sean Couturier I like, and Sean Couturier has a ton of talent. So that's that was my hesitation. In, in fairness, he didn't play most of last year, so it's easy to forget him. I, I, I will say, and I said this on Twitter, that like one of the few things I am looking forward to this season is getting to watch a healthy Sean Couturier play hockey again because he's, in my mind, a very fun player to watch play hockey, especially in terms of the details of his game. It's particularly fun in my mind to watch live because you pick up a lot of things yes. in person that you don't pick up on television. That said, the two main reasons they don't have Kachuk are, number one, he didn't want to come here. Number two, because even if he did want to come here, the Flyers weren't going to be able to outbid Florida because they don't have enough good players, which goes back to the first thing, which is why he didn't want to come here. Yeah, and like, good players to spare. Like, okay, let's make the yeah. case. Let's just, for the sake of argument, say... Huberdeau and Couturier are equal. All right, and now we have Matt Kachuk and no first line center. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, <laughs> they have still like a team together. Uh, they had these players to spare to be able to get Kachuk. The Flyers don't have them, and if they did, they'd be the only ones worth putting around him. And also, yeah, like he put out a list of teams he wanted to play for. The Flyers weren't on it. It was, you know, St. Louis, where his, you know, his dad played, and a bunch of teams in states without state income tax. Like, they also happen to be very good teams, but it seems as if he wants to maximize his uh, his earning potential as well. Yeah, it was That's like not real Pennsylvania too, which was yeah. weird. It's usually not that If obvious. I could not pay taxes, I would not pay taxes. Like, that's I mean, fair. easy. Fair. But mine is for different reasons. No, at um, 20% escrow... Yeah, I'd try to not pay state income on half my games. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think I said this on last week's show, but I said everything on last week's show. This, it, it just feels like the climate around the Flyers right now. Like, this is why Chuck Fletcher has to overpay everyone, because no one wants to play here. Because of damn liberal taxes because of Chuck in the Fletcher. city of like, Philadelphia. Chuck Fletcher is the reason. Democrat-controlled Philadelphia and their fucking mm -hmm. taxes. Yep. This is going to be my new bit. There is something <laughs> to be said about that. The, this idea that basically part of the reason for the overpays or what we perceive as overpays is that the Flyers just aren't that attractive because they stink. Not because of this yeah. like, oh, well, they're not the Flyers. No, it's just because they stink. And team players generally yeah. don't want yeah, yeah, yeah. to player, come to teams that stink. Uh, that said, like somebody like Tony D'Angelo, like I— Tony D'Angelo grew up a Flyers fan. He's from this area. I, I imagine that if anything, like, you know, the overpay came from the fact that Tony D'Angelo's camp told Carolina, we think we're worth $5 million. Carolina said, well, we don't. So go out and find <laughs> someone who thinks you're worth that. And they found Chuck Fletcher who thinks he's worth that. So, like, mm. that, w that wasn't a, like, well, I'll only come here if you overpay me. That was a, this is what we think we're worth. My old team doesn't agree. So we found a team that thinks we're worth that. And that's what happens. So it's not all like, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nicholas Delorier like legitimately wanted to come to Philly because of the book. I mean, somebody like him is going to be, is going to find appeal in the, the mentality of the Flyers. Like, and I'm not saying no, that can... to, to criticize Delorier, but like, he's a fighter. And like, it makes sense that a really good fighter would want to come play for the team whose entire image is based around fighting. No, like Dave Schultz is in our team hall of fame, you know, and all the credit in the world to Dave Schultz, everyone loves him. That doesn't happen everywhere. This is the this is the place of fighters. But to the point of giving him four four years um, and trade protections, I'm I'm 30 years old and I get punched in the face for a living. Yeah, you better make it worth it for me on a team that's going to have like 82 points this year. You know, like, I want to fight for a reason. If we're lucky. I want to, I want to get in. Yeah, that's that's the high end. Like, 82 to 88 is everything worked. Uh, like, if I'm going to get in a bunch of fights, um, I want them to mean something. If not, I'm going to get well compensated for them. So it, it really does get down to how bad this team sucks. And we say that about everything. You know, uh, when people complain about, oh, well, the alumni isn't treated well and this and that with season ticket holders, it all comes down to that's extra. It all starts with the team sucks. We would not care at all about anything else if they had 112 points and we're just in the Stanley Cup final. Nothing would matter to us. It all comes down to team sucks. That's it. That's what they are. Team sucks. And since that's the vibe. Team sucks and there's no 
there's there's no light at the end of the no, tunnel. No path. And and since I, I don't know, I've been nothing has happened since the last show. Basically, nothing has happened all off season. Um, I did like I did like the cutter draft, but basically everything since that day has been shit. Um, I was I've been holding out hope for let's call it I don't know five percent. That either Chuck Fletcher was slow playing something, waiting for some dust to settle, and then he'd make a move. Or maybe, like, the front office and Comcast uh, would respond to fan unrest and do something just to make it look like they were trying to improve the roster. They haven't? Are you shocked that nothing has, like, they haven't thrown something against the wall to try to be like, No, see? See? We did something. I'm kind of shocked that that hasn't happened after the entire city has shit all over this team for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just really funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not surprised at all. I'm, no, kinda I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all. Like Chuck Fletcher has uh, a pattern of doing everything before free agency, before the trade deadline. Like that's, how he's kind of operated for the past few years. Like, Tony D'Angelo, yeah, it was a trade, and but it was still before free agency. Yeah. Like, he, do, he does stuff a week ahead of time. There's, there's no urgency. It, it feels like there's no reason. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say, obviously, but it, it feels like he doesn't want to be involved in the heat. I just I think there's there's an element with Chuck of, you know, he does like to get his work done early because they target guys. <laughs> like they they target specific guys who they think are going to fill specific holes and then they go out and they get them. And this plays into what we were saying about this idea of why does it seem like he always overpays? And it goes into this idea of like, you know, okay, who's available? All right, that's the guy we want. All right, let's find a way to get him. Let's pay give a first round pick for Rasmussen. Let's you know, sign Nick DeLore to a four-year deal because we need toughness. Let's get Tony D'Angelo because we need a right-handed shooting defenseman who can play on the first pair, and Tony D'Angelo did that last year with Jacob Slavin. Like, they they do that. They don't... And then, again, this goes back to a point I've made multiple times in the show. It goes into the idea that, like, Chuck Fletcher is not the most creative general manager. Like, mm-hmm. some general managers kind of trust their ability to, you know unearth things later and find bargains and, you know, be able to not stumble into solutions, but you don't have to rush to, to, to solve a problem because you believe you'll be able to solve it some other way and you don't have to overpay to address the problem. Whereas Fletcher's mentality is a little bit more like, these are the problems I've identified, I'm going to address them so I make sure that they get addressed. And in... In defense of that strategy, maybe he tried to do not that the season when he ended up doing nothing, and it, that blew up in his face too, like the season where they ended up with Eric Gustafson, because maybe that offseason he tried the other way and it just didn't work for him, so he's like, well, I ain't doing that again. Unfortunately, that didn't work, and this strategy doesn't seem to be working either, so yikes. But I, I do think this is part of Fletcher's like just his general general managing style for lack of a, a better term um I like that. in that yeah. in that he identifies problems with the team and then races to get them done because he doesn't want to be left holding the bag you know what i mean yeah they don't have a board like to your point they don't have a board like at the top is delorier and then under him delorier types ristolainen and then ristolainen types it's just mm-hmm. those guys names on a list Let's go get them. That's it. Like, that, that's the solution. The solution is that one guy, not someone who does that for considerably less. <laughs> they just, that we need that. That's, and, it, it, man, they're just in this situation where they can't do anything. I will say, I am holding out that 5% hope is down to, like, 2, 2.5. Maybe the reason... Nas Kadri hasn't signed yet. Oh my god, I was gonna say this. <laughs> first day, first day they can LTIR Ellis and Farabee. Boom! Yeah. There's your eleven million. Yes, they have a handshake deal with Kadri, and somehow they're gonna make it work. I'm going with it. Uh, oh jeez. Why would he come here? 
I mean, that would be something. I wouldn't hate it that. It would be something. Yeah, why in the whole world would he come here? <laughs> yeah. Why would he come here? And then anyway. also, why would Chuck think that's a good fit for the team right now? Because he's a baby. tough guy. Yeah. Tough, he hits people in the head. Grit. Tough he hard to Oh, right. I forgot. We are, they, it's the entire league of Tom Wilson's. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still mad about that. I'm still thinking about how they're building the team to play against Tom Wilson yeah. and not people with actual, like, good talent. No, fuck defending Backstrom and Carlson to Ovechkin. It's that, it's that Wilson guy. That's who we got to worry about. You know? yeah. That's who we got to worry about. You know, in, in, in a, like, a little bit of fairness, a, like, a little bit of fairness, Tom Wilson is a good hockey player. Oh, he's very good. And Tom Wilson has injured many a flyer I, like, would, I get that i would kill for tom wilson are you kidding tom wilson i know tom wilson would be the best player on this team right now uh, like uh, absolutely well, couturier, well not couturier but yeah but maybe. like i i get wanting to pay attention to tom wilson Building a team around defending against him, that's a different story. And you're not going to stop I just, him. I wanted to make that clear. Like, it's not like I'm saying Tom Wilson is complete garbage. He's a garbage human being, but not, well, no. Garbage. I think as a human being, he's actually really nice. He likes dogs. Um, <laughs> he likes dogs. He's not a sociopath. He likes dogs. Then, so he's got he's not a sociopath, yeah. but on the ice, he's dangerous. On the ice, he's dangerous. But it's not a smart business decision to build an entire organization around defending against one player. That's what I'm saying. Especially when um, you do it with, with no, like, again, you didn't go find a Tom Wilson type, like, guy who can play first line and also beat you up. You went and got a fourth line fighter. Uh, it's just. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, that's that's the big put, thing. Like, put him on the you, ice against Wilson. Let's see how that goes. No, like if you wanted to get a Tom Wilson type, like Matthew Kachuk is probably as close as it yeah, comes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy who can play first line and score and beat you up. Yeah, he's available. No, no, no. We're going to do it by putting our fourth line out against <laughs> their first, and we're going to see how that goes. Go get him, Tanner. <laughs> Go get him, Delore. Like, that's that's what's running this team, and that's what I want to get to with Chuck Fletcher. Um, so he's done nothing. They brought back Justin Braun, which is a non-move. You brought back a guy who was here for the last three years. And they go and get a fourth-line fighter. Cool. I like fights. At least we're going to get to see some fireworks this year. That's fun. Uh, but that's it. That's that's the their offseason. They got it. Tony D'Angelo. Way to go. Um what a guy! It's, it's, Aggressive retool. It's extra and bias for action. It's extra hilarious because, like, getting back to Charlie's hot take, like, good thing none of this hangs on the Flyers getting extremely lucky and everything <laughs> going precisely their way. Like, what the fuck are we doing? That's, you need a you need a roster of guys, an entire roster to have career years, and even if that happens, I don't know if they're a playoff team. Uh, <laughs> I mean, aren't the Flyers at at some point, aren't they due for like a crazy PDO year where they shoot like 12% and the goaltending's really good and they're, they they actually suck. The, the Flyers are the Colorado Avalanche under Patrick Waugh where like they're actually bad <laughs> and all the fans convince themselves that no, no, they're actually good. It's that we can sustain a 13% shooting percentage for the next five years. We're a great team. But in actuality, they're bad. Like, aren't we due for one of those years at some point? Go get Matthew Shane. I thought we did that already. Not yeah, really. Did you just mention Matt Duchesne? Because I'm going to lose my mind. I, I'm going to walk right into the river. That's why I did it. Matt Duchesne's the future. Let's go get him, and that'll solve oh everything. Uh, but I'm, I'm walking straight <laughs> to the river. Um, so my answer to Charlie, no, no, no. They don't deserve anything. Um they're not due for anything because life and existence are pain and being a Flyers fan is is our our punishment. This is our purgatory. Now you sound like I've, me. I started um I, I lead off my this, There's a reason we're friends. <laughs> I in the in the first segment when I do the overnight shows, I always lead off with like and if you're one of those people who constantly complain about no one talking hockey on WIP, I'm here blah blah blah. Now I've started, I'm going to use the Flyers as a threat. 
you're going to call and talk to me about the Phillies and Eagles, or I'm going to depress the hell out of everyone and start talking <laughs> flyers until you call me. Like, it's, it's, it's a punishment now. Love it. Incredible. This is, you're in timeout. I'm going to spend 20 minutes on the flyers unless you call and tell, tell me why you like Nick Sirianni. <laughs> like, that's, that's now what I'm doing to punish people. Uh, so do that. If you don't want, if you don't want to hear any more, give me a call. Let's talk about Nick Castellanos. Uh, but back to, back to Chuck Fletcher. Um, the offseason he's had after a year in which you were the fourth worst team in hockey and well earned. It was not a bad luck year. You stunk. Would a guy who feared for his job put together this kind of offseason? I know we've, for a long time, I've said, like, I see Dave Scott as Chuck Fletcher's hockey guy. And when Fletcher's not the GM, it's going to be because he became the president and advisor and he's just got fired up. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's, if I believe that anymore, but looking at what he did, nothing tells me he's worried about his job. No, they think it's good. <laughs> like, we keep trying to galaxy brain it. They think it's good. But that can't possibly be true. I think that's exactly what it comes down to. I I don't know how, but it's true. I, like, do I think that Chuck Fletcher approached this offseason thinking that he needs to have a good offseason to save his job? I mean, I think there's there's an implicit understanding that things can't stay this bad. That's sports. And and he'll keep his job. Like, there has to be because, like, they just fired the coach last year. If Comcast gets pissed again, who else is there to fire? It's going to be Fletcher. Like, he has Themselves? to know that. That that yeah. said, well, yeah, I mean, I guess theoretically, like, Comcast are coming <laughs> and do sweeping changes to Comcast Spectacle. That is possible. That could happen. You never know. But I, my general viewpoint is that I don't think Chuck Fletcher gets fired if the team improves. Now, the point is, is like, it wouldn't take that much to get better because yeah. they were real freaking bad last year. Like, if they, Bill, as we talked about, this idea of, like, well, what if they finish with, like, 80 points and they're better but they're not great? Like, yeah, I think, I think Fletcher probably keeps his job in that, in that circumstance. Yeah. If, they're, if they're real, real bad again, I just can't imagine. Because, like, Fletcher has sold them on this idea that, like, we're going to take a step forward with, with John Tortorella as our coach. We're going to take a step forward with the players we have, with better health, with everything, you know, with the, the identity that we're trying to create, and all that stuff is going to matter. And if it just doesn't, and they just stink, then I don't know how Comcast looks at the situation and says, we need to stick with this guy. That said, I mean, the Flyers should be better next year. They should. Now, will they, I mean, again, as we've talked about, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with this team. Like, John Tortorella could just not ma mesh with this roster. It's possible. And then it could be a total dumpster fire. Sean Couturier could be not the same guy post-back surgery. Kevin Hayes could stink, continue to stink. There's a lot of things that go wrong. And if they do, then shit could go real bad. Now, when you say they should be better, do we mean... Better than last yes. year yes. when they had Claude yes. Giroux? Better than last year. Yes. You think that this team right now is better than the team with Claude Giroux? I think it should be better if they Could have be, health yeah. and if John Tortorella does a good job coaching. I'm not that hopeful. You know, that's a, that's a great question, Steph. Like, yes, Sean Couturier healthy, Kevin Hayes healthy. Those things should help the team. But also, you took away Giroux's production. And no, Giroux isn't MVP candidate prime Giroux anymore. We know this. He's still a very good player. And when he was surrounded by other very good players in Florida, he looked every bit like a, a point-of-game player. Um, they don't have that anymore. So even if you add in the positives of, okay, let's, let's just say Couturier's Couturier again. Hayes is Hayes again. You're also missing the most dynamic offensive player they've ever had to play with, and you've done nothing to replace them. Tony D'Angelo, that's the offensive upgrade they've had, and he might be so bad defensively on a team that's bad defensively, you never even get to see the offensive upside because him and Ivan Provorov are just pinned down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I, I yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's going to be brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it's so a I, fair thing to worry about. I very much agree with the idea that they should be better, 
But when you just look at, you know, like a, a Pythagorean goals for, goals against, what should you win? You just lost a whole bunch of hypothetical goals. And I don't know if you, I know for a fact, you did nothing to replace them. We have no idea if Sean Couturier can be a 30-goal scorer without Claude Giroux. We have no idea what Kevin Hayes is at this point. I'm rooting for him. I love Kevin Hayes. But if he stinks next year, am I going to be shocked? No, he had three procedures inside of 12 months on his abdomen. That doesn't seem good. And (laughs) Ryan Ellis is a non-factor at this point. We have never playing again. <laughs> probably not. If I had to, yeah. if I re- if I had to bet on it, he's not. It's. Yeah. I can't believe that we're in. The, like I, I know that we've been dealing with it for a whole year. But if if I blacked out for for twelve months and we went from Ryan Ellis traded for Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers to Ryan Ellis is never going to play hockey again. I just can't believe the path that that got here. Th- this the moment that they traded for him was incredible and and now it's just like there's a stain on Ryan Ellis's name. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a real damn shame. And all that, oh, and uh for at least like 25 games, we don't know who the goalie's going to be. <laughs> That's a big problem. What's, did we talk about Alex Lyon? What's he up to? Uh, they have no money. What are they going to sign Alex they got Lyon a, with? Disney dollars? AHL goaltender. They yeah, they got old Alex oh. Lyon. They got that Tony Graziani Tony or Grosnick. whatever. Groznick. Uh, he's played. Whatever. He's thirty years old. He's played four NHL games. They have Felix Sandstrom, who we have no idea if he's any good or not. And uh, who's the other AHL guy? It's not used to Manko. Ursa. Uh, Samuel Sam, Ursa. Ursa. yeah. But he's coming yeah. back from multiple groin injuries last year, so yeah. he's probably not going to be ready. I mean, he'll be ready to play. Love he's probably going to be NHL ready. Oh, good. So they don't have, they don't have a second. groin injuries. That's perfect. There's yeah, no, we've no seen that work there. out. So yeah. they don't have a second goalie on top of it. It's, I keep saying that they're going to be mediocre, and it's mostly because it's me being pessimistic because it's the worst possible thing that could happen. Like, mediocre is the worst possible thing that yeah, could happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. They really, no, no, them being they bad really would be the best thing. Suck. Yeah. Them being bad would be the best thing for this team. And and as I've said, I mean, I've said this on, I feel like this is the third time I've said this. I said this a lot on this show. The accidental tank would be the ideal for this organization. That would be the ideal. It feels very like but, as but things I, go by. I think that John Tortorella is too good of a coach for them to accidentally tank. Unless they That's, just get injured like crazy again, which, hey, it's the Flyers. That's very possible. I mean, they're already starting the season down a handful of players. Like, it's possible. Yeah, Farabee and Brink are out. Ellis, again, we have no idea. They don't have a backup goalie. It's it's not starting well. It's nope, not it starting nope. well for this team. Uh, let's take a nope. quick break. On the other side, I have some... Uh, I'm not use Charlie's own words against him because I know he's a smart guy, but I want to use Charlie's words to ask a question I've been asking a bunch of times on this show. Uh, and I want marketing ideas for this Flyers team. I want to know what the hashtag should be going into this year. So think on that while we're at break. And uh, we'll be right back on the other side. All right, fam, we are back. And uh, Charlie, read your mailbag this week. Uh, good stuff as always. Mm-hmm. If you're not an athletic subscriber, do it, you cheap bastards. But I'm gonna yeah. use two. I want to do. I'm gonna use two <laughs> excerpts from uh, from Charlie's mailbag in, in different answers um, to kind of ask a question that I've worked around a few times over the last few weeks. But first, it's it's just kind of about their plan, what their plan actually is. And Charlie wrote, "They still aim to follow the path of a draft and develop model to return to prominence." but they also want the NHL club to remain competitive while they do so. Now, the second excerpt from a later question, it was about how we got here. Like, Charlie, can you just lay out how we arrived where we are, where there's no top-end talent, there's no, there's no one in the pipeline, and there's no money to spend on anybody? Um, you answer the question, and if you, then you say, if I was going to point to the one thing that led to the Flyers' current predicament of lacking top-end talent with no clear path to get it, it's that the crown jewels of the Ron Hextall retool, Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, Nolan Patrick, Carter Hart, all either stagnated or regressed. Now, looking at these two answers, and they're fine answers, they're good, 
How is the current plan any different than the Hextall plan that we are currently in the middle of failing? Like, it's it's the thing that's failing this team right now, and it's also the plan going forward? It's an extremely, extremely good point. You know what the main difference is? And this is the truly hilarious part. The main difference between the two plans is that Hextall had better players to start with. Like, yeah. it's, the oh, sa- it's, it's the same plan with a worse team. Because that team at least had Claude Giroux in his prime, Jake Voracek in his prime, Wayne Simmons in his prime. Like, that team had guys that you could be like, man, they could be top-tier players on a really good team. They're this the team has Sean, G- Sean Gattori yeah. if he's healthy, and then what? Injured Joel Farabee. Like, injured Kevin Hayes. <laughs> it's, uh, Tyler Lozinski, baby. Like, but again, this is part yeah. of the reason why this, this is part of the reason why this plan might actually work because they <laughs> think the team is better than it is. So actually, they will be real bad. Which was the problem with the Hexall thing was that those guys were too good for the team to become real bad. So again, they might that's accidentally get it right this time because they think the team is better than it actually is. That's a fair mm. point. That, that is, is that's point. honestly the best argument I can make for it, and it's by none of their doing. It's not intentional. <laughs> like. They're going to fall ass backwards into... They're going to get Bedard. Like, that's that's what I'm going to come away from this co- from this uh, podcast thinking. is like, Bedard is ours. That's how bad this team is. Just... Like, I've come up with a hashtag. Are we ready? Yeah. Hashtag shit the Bedard. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's there's pretty got, solid. Sure. I'm trying to think of... Like, there's got to be some sort of bring it to broad and, like, bring... Like, Bedard to Broad, like, some sort of combination, some sort of combination of him and the bring it to Broad thing. Like, there has to be something there. But is their plan really just get luckier than you did last time? Because last time, you did jump from 13 to 2 in a draft. It's going to be hard to replicate that kind of luck. Yes. Yes, Regardless of what happened afterwards. so, So, realistically, what are... What are the differences? And I'm saying this in the sense of, like, what I think their plan is. And what do I think they're, di- they're viewing as the differences between this time and last time? Okay, number one, they believe that this time they have a better draft and develop model. They believe that they've changed things in the development department, they've changed things in the scouting department, they've changed things in terms of the guys at the top of the food chain, that they think they will draft better players. That is number one. Number two, they think that Ron Hextall completely disregarded the importance of team identity and toughness and Flyers mentality, and this time they're not going to let that fall by the wayside because they're going to get guys like Ristolainen and Delorier who are going to make sure that this team plays as a team and has chemistry and and has camaraderie and stuff. And then they're going to have a coach, a coach who does the same thing as opposed to Dave Haxtell, who was learning on the fly how to be an NHL coach. So those are the differences. That's what they think is going to be different at this time, is that they are going to draft better players, and they are going to have a more cohesive and recognizable identity that will allow them to shape this team into a better all-around hole than they did the last time they tried to do this. Now, feel free to rip it, but that's what they think is different. To be fair, um, Chuck's drafting, like, you know, from here... So Looks far, like has it has yeah. been better than. Well, Hexel's drafting looked great in the beginning. That's, That's true. Yeah, before we saw, before we saw. <laughs> so any- what I'm hearing, yeah. what I'm hearing is that they've decided that Chuck Fletcher's plan is better than Ron Hextall's plan because Chuck Fletcher is nice to them. Yeah. Yes. There's yes. there's a legitimate okay. amount of truth to that. I think you may have cracked okay. the code. No, that's that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty he much it. Let them hang out. Yeah, so, they're, you know, <laughs> I want to just go back a second because I do think the the Tortorella factor is a huge, at least part of their plan. And again, this could be something that actually does have some tangible like it, it could work. He could get the most out of this team. Yeah, of course he could. The idea that Hextall was going to put the team through the transition it did 
with a fucking rookie head coach, not even rookie head coach, guy not from the NHL whatsoever, and he was going to guide them through this unprecedented point in team history. My God, what an asinine hire. Maybe one day Dave Hackstall will actually be a good head coach. It doesn't seem to be the case so far, but again, like he was that I believe that Seattle team last year was intentionally terrible. Uh, so we don't know. Man, what a... He definitely wasn't that for us. He was definitely not competent. He just... The worst possible type of coach to... As much as I don't want to retread and I want to try the cool new thing, try the cool new thing when you have other stuff established. <laughs> how how was that even a thought? Yeah, let's get this. let's get this college coach who's never even sniffed the NHL. Just... So the Tortorella thing, that could play out as a big contributing factor to this team at least being semi-competent. I, I do believe. It, it could also just blow up. But Honestly, I'm more excited about the coaching staff than I am about the roster. Like, the coaching staff seems, yeah, right. like, pretty good. Like, if, yeah. if we had, like, a, a bunch of good hockey players with this coaching staff, like, <laughs> it might actually be something. But, yeah, I mean, Br- Brad Shaw, a, a big fan of him, big fan of his power yeah, kill. Yeah, I'm pumped about that one. I think is a good coach. Rocky Thompson, yeah. I've heard good things about. Now, whether or not he's, he's vaccinated he's is, and is, I'm kind is, of is interesting. I mean, I'm still yeah. trying to figure out if he, at number one, ever got vaccinated. Number two, if he isn't vaccinated, is he not going to be able to, to coach in Canada? Like, when they play in Canada, Canada, is he just not going to be able to come? That seems like a legitimate he possibility. He would so that's, yeah. you know. So that's like a thing, but... Anyway, still trying to figure <laughs> that out. The that keeps on giving. That's the Philadelphia Flyers. Just every single thing is there's something fucky with it. At least we, uh, I'm not going to get into it. The, fly, uh, the Flyers are like the, like least. their entire like existence over the past couple of years has been like the living embodiment of the milkshake duck where it's just like, <laughs> oh, they did this thing. Oh, never mind. It's bad. Oh, yeah. it's bad. <laughs> oh, look at this. And, and in fairness, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard very good things about Rocky Thompson as head coach. Yeah, yeah. Appar- yeah. Uh, apparently, the the vaccination thing from from public reports, it has something to do with health. I guess we'll get more information. Maybe he's gotten vaccinated since. I don't know. I'm just saying this purely from a logistical standpoint. It will be very weird if every time the Flyers go play in Canada, that they are one coach short because he can't go because he's not vaccinated. Eh, more I know, but at best. some point he might take his shirt off and threaten to fight someone on this roster that will be funny and that i'm here for i need yeah. that to happen wait our own players he, he apparently threatened to fight of andrew kane fight of andrew kane so oh, oh my god i feel like bless. this guy yes <laughs> never mind stanley I, cup here we come <laughs> bear is even excited about <laughs> that's, this that's yes no, the the story. Nobody, t- I I probably just overlooked that story. He took off his shirt and threatened to fight over Evander Kane. Yes, that's the story. Yeah, when he was in San Jose. Amazing. The the story I heard with Rocky Thompson. To that's give you some awesome. background, this guy this guy apparently is pretty cool. But like the story I heard with him, so he was a fighter his entire career, and like that was what he was. He was basically just like a goon. And he shows up to this coach's clinic. This was in like the mid 2010s, and he wants to do this presentation, and. Like, everyone at the coaches' clinic was like, we got to hear this. Like, Rocky Thompson, this fighter dude, is going to do this presentation on scoring chances. Like, what the hell does he know about scoring chances? How many scoring chances was he even involved in in his career? And apparently, the presentation was brilliant. Like, he, like, looked, like, clean cut, but also, like, it was really insightful. And the coaches are like, holy shit, this guy's really smart. And apparently he got a head co- like a head coaching job like three days later because somebody was just like, I need to hire this guy. He's brilliant. So like he's apparently a pretty cool guy, and everyone I've talked to swears by his hockey knowledge. I just hope so he you're can telling coach in me, Canada. You're telling me in two years he's gonna be the head coach. That's what I mean, saying. hey, you know what? It would fit the Flyers <laughs> dynamic, right? It fit, fit their if we had a, they're still trying to if sell. we had a if we had a head coach named Rocky, that would just be that would be everything. Them trying to reach—that's their idea of like, look, we we did, we did it, we reached out to the fan base, we care about you, like we 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 have a coach named Rocky. Yeah, right. (laughs) He'll take. You know how you guys all like that movie? Guess what we did? 
He'll take off his shirt and try to fight you, just like you. (laughs) (laughs) Watch that presentation was just like scoring chances. You have to shoot the puck. And everyone, all of the GMs were like, oh my God, we never thought of that. But then there's just, there's just still some skeptics like, oh, well, why won't everyone just shoot from everywhere? And then they'll just boost their numbers. Like one, yeah, shoot from everywhere. (laughs) But what about the defense? Yeah, don't play it. Uh, We haven't really, (laughs) we talked about Bobby Brink on the last show a little, but now it's confirmed He's out till at least December. Now the hope is, I am begging you, Flyers. I know somebody in that organization is listening. Hi, guys. Please don't (laughs) rush him back. (laughs) Please just don't. (laughs) Please do not rush this poor kid back. Especially if we get to December and you can see, just like last year, like you can see the writing on the wall. Yeah, remember how you remember how you gave up on the season in December last year. Let's not uh let's not rush one of the few promising players in this organization back for, you know, four or five extra points in the standings. It Please doesn't don't. seem like Even the thing if he to says do. he's ready. He's a liar. If he says he's ready, two more weeks. <laughs> two more. You're ready? Cool. You'll it's fourteen days. You're fine. Uh, this stuff, how is it constantly like nobody ever just breaks their foot for this team? Oh, no, he's got a torn. All- yeah, he, he's got a torn labrum. He's got a fucked up spine. Like it's it's a multi layered injury. It's his, it's it's nipples to knees. Like uh, th- his dick fell off. Yeah, fucking pubic plate dis- plate displacement. Nobody ever just breaks their foot and is out for six weeks. How is this possible? No, you know who did? Michael Roffel, and then they traded him. Yeah. Michael Roffel was good for one broken foot a season. If he does his shot blocking thing right, he doesn't get hurt. Unfortunately, he does it wrong. That was, that was always my favorite Michael Roffel. <laughs> like, well, did you did you ever think about like not blocking shots like that? Well, when I do it right, I don't get hurt. Well, if you keep getting hurt, maybe it's a little hard to do it right. Oh, Michael Roffel. Oh, Michael. To think like I complained about Michael Roffel at one point. Like, Michael Roffel being this team's top six right now. Uh, <laughs> Bring him home. <laughs> Bring him home. Bring back Roff. Bring him home. First oh round pick, God. 2024. Um, Tanner Lazinski. I think he's a free agent. I Is might he? be lying, but I think he's a free agent. Trade for him anyway. We are not signing any more of those. Chuck's done. Yeah, he's he's on vacation. He's also, he's at the cottage. Uh, I'll tell yeah, you. he's a UFA. Bring him home. I, I felt bad when I saw the Tanner Lazinski news. Oh yeah, they signed you know one of their RFAs. Guy's gonna get a shot. Uh, you know you want to see him and, and on a fourth line. He, he might have some promise. And, you know, good for him. Hope he gets hope he gets his chance. Hope he kills it for this team. Glad he's gonna get some NHL time. My I feel bad because my initial reaction was, fuck you. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm just so tired. Oh yeah, we got another we got a guy who might be able to play on a third line. Oh, cool. Like it's All just set. that's constantly all we have. That's it. It's an organization of Tanner Lazinski's. That's that's it. I, I just the I'm entire very, team is, is middle six. I'm where Charlie was two weeks ago. I'm just, I'm done. I'm done with this team. I hate them so, it's not even hate. I'm just so sick of them. Do one good thing. I, I'm not asking for the world here. Do a single good thing. That's all they, what, like, they what refuse. What is it? Like, what could it be, though? I don't know. Hire me. I would, I would be back on board if they hired you. <laughs> Make me the power play coach. What's it gonna get? What's it gonna get worse? <laughs> no. Is there? There's only so many ways that it can go, and one of them is not down. It's gonna be hard to be below ten percent. I mean, you gotta try blind, real hard. Blind squirrel, etc. No, that's a good question, uh, Kelly. Is there one thing they could do that would you go? Oh, good for you guys. Okay, that's nice at least. Like I don't even. I mean, like there's like theoretical things that like I would like, like them to do, but I don't think any of them are like realistically possible. Like I don't think they could realistically do anything outside of our fake Nazem Kadri scenario. If they pulled this Kadri thing, would that be good? It probably no. wouldn't be good long term, even... but it would be funny. <laughs> it would, it be, would very be funny. funny. No, I mean if if you're not gonna. It. 
the thing is, they're not going to because if you're going to no, sell to the fan base, I mean, and granted, like consistency isn't something that the Flyers organization is particularly great at anyway. But like, if you're going to try to sell to the fan base that one of the reasons why you didn't target Johnny Goudreau is because, because this is literally what John Tortorella said in an interview with Jordan Hall last week, that he doesn't really fit our timeline. You know, that that maybe maybe we're not at the point where we should be going after, you know, big name, big money free agents. If you're going to say that publicly, then you probably aren't going to be able to two weeks later sign <laughs> a guy who's three years older to a big money contract and try to he sell that. the timeline. Oh, he yeah, fit. So, so the time the timeline is that J- Goudreau was too young. That's the yeah. problem. We he's need older. Too good. Guys. We're not we're not there yet. We're not there yeah. yet. We yeah, need somebody worse and older. Exactly. It doesn't fit the timeline of bringing him home at 37. Because that's the, <laughs> that's the timeline. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, the, if Goudreau doesn't fit the timeline, what is you're the point? Retooling. Yeah, like, what's yeah, the point? you're not retooling. You're lying <laughs> to yourself Why aren't, and to us. If you're not in this year and next year going for it, why aren't you tanking? Yeah. Like, you change the timeline if you could get Johnny Goudreau. Like, that's what the business move is. You change the timeline. Nothing is fixed. Nothing is permanent. See, here's the thing. You have to change the culture first, though, which is why we're hiring John Tortorella. And and, and getting Nick Delorier and re-signing Rastoris Delainen. That's what has to happen first. We ripped ripped Mike Sealski. When he wrote the culture change article, that was just the word culture change. I mean, in retrospect, that was pretty damn funny. (laughs) That's great stuff. It was hilarious. Worst guy you know. And also continues to be relevant damn near a decade later. But that's, you know, (laughs) if they need to change the culture, I thought getting rid of Jake and Ghost and bringing in Ristolainen was changing the culture. Uh, and then they and then they got worse. Uh, <laughs> it seems to be Curious. that whatever their idea of culture is is wrong. Well, I made I this think. point. I made this point on Twitter. I think yesterday or two days ago. I don't remember what day. But basically, that like I think it was in a conversation with with Kelly where they they got Rasmus Ristolainen to make the team tougher to play against. They didn't get tougher to play against, and their solution is, well, let's get another guy who's just tough to play against. And it's like, yeah. maybe your entire thought process that has how you're trying to get tougher to play against is just inherently flawed. I mean, we talked well, about you got Ristol line and you became easier to play against. Easier. Yeah. It's not even that they, it's not even that they stayed the same. They got easier to play against with Ristolainen. <laughs> we talked about it last week. Who's actually hard to play against? Kale McCarr, because you can't fucking defend him. Like, who's actually tough to play against? Nikita Kucherov, because you can't defend him. Like, it's so so maddening that the people who run this team are not smart. Like, they don't know what... It's the only possible conclusion. They have literally no idea what they're doing. Okay, Johnny Goudreau... I'm not going to say that they're not smart, but they very clearly they clearly have a fundamental disagreement in terms of how to build a hockey team at, with regard like compared to us. Yeah, I mean, speaking for, I'll speak for myself, and, and I and I think they're wrong. <laughs> so no, forget us. Just, I don't think they're dumb. I just think they're wrong. Forget us. Just looking at looking at the overall strategy, like their their strategy is short sighted. If you're running an organization and you're making the moves that they're they're doing, whether it's a hockey organization or, or a, a different type of business, the strategy is short sighted. The strategy is lacking. That's, I wish they were more short sighted. Do stupid fun stuff like say, Johnny Goudreau doesn't fit our timeline. Make the timeline fucking today. Like, if you're not going for it and you're not rebuilding, what are you doing? You're just a team that's you're you only exist to fill the other team's schedule. That's that's what the Flyers are. Just a game on the other teams who matter schedule. And like, forget us, what we think about building a team. It's not about what we think. It's about what the teams who actually win think. They're not doing this. This isn't what they do. Yes. Tampa Bay went out and got Patrick Maroon. They did all that stuff. You know, yeah, Colorado, maybe they needed to get tougher. They did. But you know what they had first? 
awesome players, the best players imaginable. And then they filled those holes with guys who wanted to come there for cheap because those guys want their name on a cup. They're so ass backwards, it's unfucking believable. I'm left with nothing but the idea that they have no idea what they're doing. There's no other explanation. They're horrible at their jobs. No, you're right. Like that that is that's that that is. Like that's what that's what we're dealing I with. I mean, look, here's the thing, and this is the point I've been making for a while is that if they're actually as bad at their jobs as you think they are, that's probably a good thing because that means they're going to be real real bad. Yeah. And and the but team that's... like at, the, at at this point it's like like there's there is absolutely no beyond like an incredible PDO surge where Carter Hart has a 930 save percentage and they shoot 13%. Like, I don't see this team being a top of the standings team. It's just, it's unfathomable to me that they could possibly no, be that good. No. They, 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 they just don't, they don't have that ceiling. So if they're not going to be that, then, then being really bad is probably the second best scenario. Or the exactly. best scenario if you lop off the top one. That's part of my handicap here is, okay, let's say Johnny Goudreau doesn't fit the timeline. Fine, I'll accept that explanation. I don't like it, but that means you are building for the future. They're not! They're not doing that! They keep surrendering assets for prime-age and past prime-age players. That mm-hmm. like, they have... If you're just going to rebuild, then do it. If you intend to suck, then do it. They clearly don't. A team that intended to suck wouldn't have negative cap space unless they're just (laughs) that bad at business, too. Like, um, I can't imagine Comcast is this bad at business. They're a fucking monopoly. Someone must know what they're doing. Uh, I'm so mad. I I did not think I could be this mad on this show, and I really am, because what are they doing? They don't know. How can I possibly sit here for an hour and try to explain it when they have no idea? I tried. I think they do. <laughs> and, and this is something that we've talked about, and I think Charlie and I went back and forth on this last week. I think they do have a plan. It's just a bad plan that is also poorly executed. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's, that's where the, I'm at. This, yeah, that's yeah. the worst part about it, is that all of this is intentional. All of this they, is what they, they are think is winning. Good. Yeah. Yeah. They're winning the game that they're playing. The game that they're playing is stupid. It is stupid as fuck, but they're winning. Great. You're masturbating in a mirror. Congratulations. You won. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> All right, Bill. I, 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 I do not like this. <laughs> is, is there anything we can say to end this show on a positive note? <laughs> I don't think I can make that the title or Apple will say to us. <laughs> I think I just died. That was it. I'm dead. What should what should the hashtag be? <laughs> hashtag wanking it for Is there a W at the at the top of the draft next year? No, it's no, it's uh Mitch Mitchkoff, Fentilli, and obviously yeah. Bedard. Bedard. Is there a word for jerking off that starts with a B? I mean the, probably no. the most the most flyers outcome. The most flyers that would be amazing. The the most flyers outcome for the draft is that they're real bad. They get like the third overall pick. They get Mitchkoff because he slips because of all the Russian stuff, and then he can't come over for five years. Oh, that's oh, gonna happen. Charlie, come on. You, you have you just say that? you have just laid out the exact scenario. I can't wait for someone to clip this in eight, nine months. And oh, no. this is this We should have just ended with the wanking it in the mirror. <laughs> no, and it, it, it all goes back it all goes back to Bob Clark and that slash at the seventy two summit series. I truly believe Yeah. It's it's all because of that. No, obviously there's like geopolitical things uh that weigh in on this shit as well. All right. Uh do we have anything else? I can't believe we got to an hour. I feel like we were at twenty minutes. Yeah. Well, so the last things the Flyers have to do this offseason, if they do nothing else, they have to re-sign Owen Tippett and they have to re-sign Zach McEwen, who filed for arbitration. And he's gonna get paid. No, he's not. I mean it's funny I mean, to joke, but like he's not paid like a million bucks. He'll get like if a you're million. using if you're using Delorier as like the comp. Oh, he absolutely should. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, when I say should. get paid, I don't mean, like, get paid like Brady Kachuk or something. I mean, like, get paid way more than he should because we signed Nick Delorier to a stupid contract. I mean, yeah. 
True. But yeah, so they have to Where resign Owen Tippett. They have to they have to resign McEwen. And who knows? Maybe they won't even like they might resign McEwen and then end up like putting him on waivers at the end of the training camp. I don't know. No. Or maybe they'll have both him and Deloria on the same team because of toughness. Come on. Yes. We need That's it. What we need. It's the only thing we I'm, deserve it's the it. only thing I'm asking for. If we're gonna be this, let's really be this. Like let's be the nineteen ninety eight Phantoms, except not as much scoring depth. Uh <laughs> hey, I mean I'm cool to bring Frank Bialois out of retirement. I mean shit. I, I would like, get like, season tickets. The the thing is is like no, he won't be good because he's fifty. But like, are any of these like pure fighters? Was he ever any good? No, no, he just he fought people. No, he couldn't play then. Can he still stay upright on skates? We good. I'm sure he like, could barely do that back then. Yeah, it was it was also fine. debatable. Yeah, but he's also my favorite hockey player of all time. Uh, of course he is. There was something I wanted to do here. I don't remember what it was. Uh, are we good? Do we have anything else? I'm pretty sure we ended the show like five minutes ago. (laughs) We get it. And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. And after today's show, why wouldn't you? This shit's probably great for your mental health. Just put it, inject it in your veins, baby. It's it's great for you. Uh, No, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and they'll probably be like, Something more positive at some point. I don't know. Where are they getting this money for, for Tippett? Like, how's that going to work? I We have another show next week coming to you. We'll talk about it. I'm sure it'll be done by then. They'll be even further over the cap. All right, my name is Bill Matz. For Steph, for Charlie, for Kelly. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!